Season's greetings, everyone. This is Illiterate. This week, we are covering Spirited, the new film on Apple+. Plus. My name is Evan. I just checked out the Will Ferrell comedy with Ryan Reynolds. I'm hanging out with my buddy, Taylor. Hello. I looked into Charles Dickens separating the myth from the truth. It's upon us yet another Christmas Carol adaptation. You knew it. We took the <laughs> we took the opportunity. We're breaking it down today. We're busting into the Christmas Carol. We're gonna know all about it. Um, Spirited is huge. Spirited is beautiful. It's grand. And gosh, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell are just fun to w- watch together. The whole movie yeah. is based on their dynamic anyway, having a kind of a broship. And so uh, why not let that dance you along for two hours. But today we're going to talk about all the Christmas Carol nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> because it is the archetypical master story of Christmas that has been done a billion times. Why 179 years later is here another <laughs> slightly different take. I-, I was curious, what do we owe to Charles Dickens? for <laughs> what what Macy's puts up about Christmas. <laughs> Where uh, does Christmas come from? The Christmas that we know it? <laughs> yeah, the the yeah, the the western I'm version stuck in of the it. snowflake in Whoville. What is Christmas? Where does it come from? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what we're going to talk about and see maybe what this movie does, what all the ones that change it up every year, what they're pulling from. This started out as a novella in 1843. And was published Christmas season, go figure, on December 19th and sold out by the 24th. It was very, very successful that first year. And then it's never been out of print for 179 years. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I I thought I would, would, since I didn't know too much, not not much at all, but a, a little freshening up on Dickens that gets him here so that we understand yeah, because I didn't realize Please. that this is. It's if we were in Victorian England, it'd be like, oh, this is a socio-political commentary. This isn't a folksy oh, children's yeah. parable, <laughs> and <laughs> it's not. It's not hard to see how, but it makes sense to see what Dickens is about before he decides to write this thing. That's funny. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, he had a middle-class life to start. But his dad got his family into financial duress and was sent to a debtor's prison, so he didn't have a father. Mm, And at age 12, Dickens had to pawn all his stuff, leave school, and work at this disgusting shoe polish factory. Classic industrialization, child labor. Okay. That is buckle up. Villain origin story. Yeah, Yeah, this is uh, this is all making sense so fast. (laughs) (laughs) So we let's cut to 1842, and he is an established writer. He's already got six good books under his belt. The one we'd know is Oliver Twist. Is one Mm -hmm. of these six. I just saw in one of these novels called The Pickwick Papers, there is a character who recounts a story of this guy Gabriel Grubb. And he is a lonely, mean sexton, which I didn't know what that was, but it's a church keeper, graveyard keeper kind of mm, maintenance yeah, man okay. of, of churches of the time. Okay. And, and in this story, within a story, this guy has a Christmas conversion after goblins show up and show him his past and future. As one does. <laughs> to all sextons. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, when the goblins arise. <laughs> To ah, make you appreciate it's the Christmas. time that time of year we love it. 
<laughs> yeah. So he's not uh he's not pulling this out of thin air. He he had fooled with this idea, but that would be the prototype that most literary historians would say he's pulling from. Okay. Uh, what happens to to say I'm going to do this in 43 with him is earlier in that year he had visited these tin mines in Cornwall and seen these kids working there in even worse conditions. So nothing has changed from his childhood. Oh my gosh. He's also went to the Field Lane School, which is basically this homeless shelter slash school with services for poor kids, which is crazy. Like to think about 1850s-ish, like why are there so many just destitute poor kids running around working 15 hours a day? It's, it's, it's It's a crazy time. Just ring around the rosies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the... The yeah. uh, was it cholera? I think or tuberculosis. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's not <laughs> good. It's it's it's, a, it's a dark. A, <laughs> little kids chanting and all over the playground. It's like it's a very dark. Uh, and it's rooted in like just tragedy, <laughs> yeah. death. And so he's he's seeing all of this in February of forty three. This report of the Children's Employment Commission comes out describing the effects of the Industrial Revolution. And Dickens is horrified by this, thinks more people should pick up on this, and is going to write a pamphlet or essay called An Appeal to the People of England on Behalf of the Poor Man's mm. Child. Okay. This does not go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a title. I love it. Yeah, Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he realizes, storyteller that he is, that there could be a more effective way that connects all these things that is not an essay that nobody's yeah. going to read. <laughs> what if we had something... Mm, emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like you experienced it. <laughs> yeah. And also I love Christmas. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing that goes along with this poor children, destitute industrial revolution stuff is the period that Britain is in at the time related to Christmas. This is why Christmas goes hand in glove with it is hmm. Britain is reevaluating their Christmas traditions. So that's, I, I always wondered and then happened to look it up this week why is it called a christmas carol it yeah. uh it's good, not a good song question. Yeah. <laughs> you know we just we just let it pass us by i looked in the book novella and the chapters are titled staves which would be like the other word is staff so it's the lines of mm. musical notation so he's even riffing off of the carol idea interesting did not know that at yeah. all. That definitely starts to characterize this a little bit. Yeah. But the reason he's so interested in making it a carol and and giving it this vibe is England has had a love-hate relationship with carols as it relates to religion and the celebration of Christmas. Really? His- History-wise, in the mid-1600s, the Puritan Revolution took great issue with these celebrations because they're trying to separate themselves from the Roman Catholic ideas, Christ's mass, Christmas, mm-hmm. the 12 days of Christmas, all of the things surrounding mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And so they ban any celebration of Christmas in 1644. No wow. carols, no mass, <laughs> no feasts, no nothing. And uh, Christmas is canceled. But yeah, yeah. And uh, this lasts for almost 20 years. It. Yeah, they, they got it. Wow, they said 20 no more. years, a 20-year banishment on Christmas. Yeah. Wow. But you could imagine 20 years 
what that would do to a culture. It's like we had a pandemic for you couldn't go out. I mean, depending on where you were, but it's like imagine not being able to do something for twenty years. What that yeah, would do. suddenly Halloween was illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like when you know down the road we're having to explain to the next generation what halloween was and why you're doing these things and all of that so (laughs) really messed messed them up but like with anything that gets prohibited people are going to do it anyway so Mm, there was a lot of people that were singing (laughs) secret christmas <laughs> that's basically the secret Christmas. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. So that, that that that's how the carols kept along. And uh, what's happening though, as we reach the early to mid 1800s, is this. You know, enough time has passed where the ebb and flow of it, and it got back in, but now people don't care. It's this like kind of almost like fashion and this resurgence where people are interested in celebrating Christmas, Christmas carols, things mm-hmm. like that. Do it, do so, it real quick. This is an aside. Yeah. Are you aware of anybody that's ever told ghost stories at Christmas time? Because there's <laughs> that song that that's in, and I, every time I hear that, I go, "That sounds yeah, yeah. like I get the notion." But I've never, I've never even heard that in a story. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a, it's not a, it's not an aside. So the ghosts and death stuff <laughs> also with this. You're right. It does seem odd, but in the Victorian era. And with That's, the yeah, perfect, perfect. permutations of, of what smart. Christmas was a celebration <laughs> of, this is a this is also a time to remember loved ones, and it's also the year's end, a time for reflection. And in a way, like we talked about in our Halloween stuff, where it's the liminal mm. space between summer mm-hmm. and winter, the winter yes, solstice yes, yes, is the happening transitional. Is, yes, yes. The winter solstice is purely the darkest time of the year. So it's the best time to talk about (laughs) death and ghosts and whatnot. So it was, yeah, you're right that it does seem strange now, but it wasn't that strange that he's doing a Christmas ghost story carol. Uh, Right. People were were vibing with it. It's just uh, realizing that, you know, things come and go in waves. Sometimes things get banned and are illegal for two decades. (laughs) And then you have to bring them back. You know, that's just one of those things that, you know, that doesn't happen much anymore. But, you know, (laughs) maybe it should. Maybe we should bring it back. Maybe we should all gather around the fireplace on Christmas Eve night. So, like, we're in in the woods. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) It's contraband. Contraband carols. Yeah. Secret Christmas. That's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with with uh, the secret being out, eighteen thirty three, there's some some bangers that are first coming out. The first Noel, I saw three ships. Park the Herald with the melody oh. that we know. Oh. Yeah, slap, yeah. just slapping. <laughs> so this is the time where you're like, when are when are all these things coming out? It's in this time in in greatest the hits early. This is the yeah. era. Yeah, of oh, we want to we want to have some real carols with the medieval melodies and and instrumentation that that mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. sacred and, and forgotten. So yeah, all this is swirling around in his time as well Beautiful as Beautiful energy. Yeah, yeah. This is this is these are two things that come about at this time also that we think of as staples. The first commercial Christmas card was yes. created in 1843, the exact same year. So this is wow. exactly this time. And then the big thing that comes at this time as well is the tree, the Christmas tree. Really? And it's not, in, yeah, it's not in the Christmas Carol. The tree is more of a German tradition, Otanenbaum, okay. Eastern Europe. But Queen Victoria, Victorian England, her husband is the German Prince Albert. 
and they got married in 1840. Mm, okay. And so he is bringing in the tree, and there's an illustration mm. in 1846 with them by the tree, and boom, it's popular. And it's also a trend for the... <laughs> Suddenly it's trendy. <laughs> Why See, are we look, the people love it, and she's still angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So He's and, made it part uh, of their culture, and she's still not sold on it. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, who is sold on it, though, is the industrialized and urban folk of modern England because they're mm. like we're we, you know what I mean now is this time with yes. all of this change they're grasping for ritual and ceremony and trends mm -hmm. and here comes one thanks this Prince Albert this is fun this is new yeah. it's yeah okay so we've got carols we've got cards we've got the tree we've got ghost stories he is all in the mix for what the zeitgeist is wanting he Christmas is is um, is <laughs> percolating. Christmas <Yeah. laughs> is ass assimilating. It Christmas is in the air. What you think of Christmas it is being constructed <laughs> in the, at yeah. that time. What a magical time. Um it's it's yeah. fresh and new, you know? It's the trend of the season where, you know, yeah. We're also exactly. jaded of everything in, <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's good to reflect on it and be like, "Oh, yeah, Christmas trees were new in England. Yeah. People were not doing that really. Or they were saying, oh, that's passe. That's for the peasants in rural areas. No, you right, can have right, it in, right. your, in your brownstone. Yeah. So uh, back to Dickens, where he sits with this. He's losing money. His latest book was falling in sales, and the publisher threatened his salary. Mm. So that's also, <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Just come up with something that's, hmm. a, that's a bop for the, yeah. the Christmas-hungry you know, impoverished children. The country's also crumbling from the inside with this. Uh, he starts it in October and finishes it in six weeks. Basically, the week of getting it printed, it's <laughs> is is him finishing it. Oh, and uh, I loved his process. A lot of it, he was writing in his head, walking around at night in London, sometimes up to twenty miles mm -hmm. a night. Really, but it does feel like it, it. It does feel like how you would want to get the story. You would want mm -hmm. to be this feverish, in your head, wild person roaming the streets at night to get a sense of what's oh wrong with the city. What will Scrooge experience in a night around Christmas time? Uh, so I, I hadn't heard that, but I think that's cool. No, yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah, I think the I think the maybe maybe the way to go is the stuff in the story because that's what gets turned around and is in this spirited thing. They yeah. they mess they mess with that <laughs> they mess with who's who but but the, everything yeah it's the a central premise of reappropriation of of all of it and that's fine you know it's been two hundred yeah. years yeah <laughs> so freshen it well. up a little bit <laughs> yeah but I love since this is what we talk about the adaptation what he's pulling from where did he get these ideas as we said yeah. the ghost story kind of stuff was was in vogue I guess Scrooge to start yeah the Obvious answer would be his sympathetic slash demonizing feelings of his father <laughs> and mm -hmm. and going to a debtor's prison. Well, yeah. well I wonder <laughs> I wonder if that had I anything wonder, to do yeah. <laughs> with his feelings of people and wealth and stinginess and all of that. Um, right. Could be also about himself, though, because in when Scrooge goes to visit himself in the past, Scrooge as a kid is this unhappy, money-hungry child which Dickens hmm. also fears for himself and fear maybe, you know, he felt that way too mm -hmm. uh, to get to where he is. And it's and it's a 
a self-reflection of, I don't want to yeah. be like this as he's gaining yeah. in popularity. Could be two people that are real in this time, which so sad that there are two people <laughs> that are notorious <laughs> misers. One of them, John Elwes, was a member of parliament in the late 1700s and covers a lot of the stingy tropes. So went to bed at dark to save on candles and wore dilapidated clothes and ate moldy Whoa. food and oh, never God. lit the fireplaces, all all this oh stuff, oh which to God. me is like you're living like a homeless person, yeah. letting his manners fall into disrepair, hopping between uh, them because birds are nesting in the rafters. And like, oh God. you're living such a horrible life because but you're amassing this wealth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, that w- I can't believe that that's a real person also that people knew and that yeah. he's a member of parliament and he's known for just being a crazy person, hoarding, hoarding, hoarding. The other one is Jemmy Wood, who had a moniker, the Gloucester Miser, because mm-hmm. he was this he, – oh, he was inherited and owned the bank, the Gloucester Bank, and is potentially Britain's first millionaire. Ooh. And the thing that I could pull from his life that maybe was a corollary is reported that there was much levity at his funeral in contrast to what was supposed to be a somber <laughs> occasion, which is definitely <laughs> really? in, in the Scrooge How stuff. How so? Yeah. yeah. And uh, his coffin was stoned, like people what? threw rocks at it. <laughs> so it was like, he was not a, not a, it was a, oh it was a gosh. joyous occasion at his Oh my his gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They loved it. <laughs> it was, Which is in, gone. in oh yeah, God, it's in the Christmas gone. Carol where people are laughing about Scrooge and pawning off his yeah, linens okay. and, and all that stuff. So that is that's pretty close. And then the word Scrooge, there was a word if you were speaking English at this time, Scrooge, mm. with mm. a U instead of two O's, O U, and that means to squeeze or to press. Mm, and so perhaps go, yeah. it would feel that way with him. Yeah. So what are they, you said that they reappropriate and mix up the characters and whatnot. What are they doing with Scrooge now? So the Scrooge that we know, that's backstory. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he has evolved now this into the ghost of Christmas present, who is the, um, who is running a very Santa Claus, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen-esque business behind the scenes um, of showing people their uh, Christmas pasts. <laughs> I see. Um, yes. So he, uh, Scrooge has become the Christmas present, the ghost of Christmas present, who was going uh, around and made a business of, of doing the deed of going and showing people their wrong ways. Um, mm-hmm. So the movie is about him trying to work on uh, the Ryan Reynolds character of Clint. But Ryan Reynolds is a, to- is a wholly original. I guess he's like the Scrooge yes, yeah. of this then. Yeah. Yes, he would yeah. be the modern days. He so the the Ghost of Christmas Present sees himself in Clint. Clint is the modern uh. new Scrooge corporate <laughs> CEO screwing people over that type of thing. So he sees himself because he was Scrooge, the Ghost of Christmas Present. It's a bit con- confusing, but they're taking things <laughs> and and giving this lineage to it and really building it out and giving it this universe. Um, yeah. Very Monsters Inc. Uh, if you will, mixed with like the a Santa magical Claus. thing behind the scenes. I see. I see <laughs> yes, I see. yes, yeah. 
So the, the it's inter- the the Christmas present stuff. If you were in Victorian England, would be most alluded to Father Christmas, which is how most of the adaptations present it. Not mm. as Scrooge incarnate <laughs> years later, but I guess they wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, this was back to the Puritan stuff. He was the secret underground symbol during that controlled time. He became the face wow, of okay. yeah. festivity. So then that makes sense. But it's also not connected to the American Santa Claus and St. Nicholas. It gets very confusing. Uh, They're similar. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. They're similar. <laughs> the interesting thing that I found about talking about the political side of things, you had mentioned it's like, oh, it's modernized to this corporate CEO greed. I mean, that greed stuff is so universal. Two, yeah, I, I, I mean, guess it, the, yeah, it's yeah. greed is obviously center in it, but um, but what they're really like hinging their bets on is change. Or is change possible? How I is see. it possible? When is it possible? Greed is kind of the given there. It's like, well, we know people can be bad sometimes or yeah. have bad <laughs> tendencies. Um, there's yeah. how do we get around it? What's the answer to that? How do you change it? Is it you know in some in some cases is it possible for everyone? Is very much uh, what the what the film comes down to is like. Well, yeah, it, it works for most people, but what about what about the one percent? Maybe that don't change. Yeah. And we've all think about that. We get to the end of these Christmas movies and we go, "Oh, isn't that nice?" But you know, yeah. What if they just like woke up the next day and changed their mind, or they went back yeah. to how they were? This movie, like head on, is talking about that. That's interesting. Was is there a is there a past and future creature or something in this? Yeah, I mean, to, there's all, yeah. it's all, they have, uh, there's like, uh, man, the the death, he's called Yet to Come, but he looks like uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, the Grim Reaper is this right. giant, absolutely horrific character in it. So past is part of it. There's a, it's yeah. a huge cast of, of and very much like, kind of like, a, I keep bringing up the Santa Claus of all these other mythical characters that are part of this behind the scenes Christmas operation. Yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Because I I ask about the past and the future stuff because the present, talking about it being a political socioeconomic statement, there was stuff happening right then that he Mm. wanted to address with this Christmas present character that doesn't really work outside of industrialized children's workers outside situation. <laughs> yeah. So in, in the, in the novella. We've got to put it into yeah. children's labor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's, and that's what's happening. So the thing that takes place in the novella that everybody loses in the rest of the adaptations, basically Christmas present right before he disappears because you can only live one day or whatever in the novella. Scrooge spots these two hideous, emaciated children underneath the big cloak of the ghost of Mm. Christmas present. And who are these? It's a boy and a girl, and they are named Want and Ignorance. And Mm. there's this allegory. And Scrooge asks, well, how do we help them? And then present snidely is like, well, are there no poor houses or prisons or (laughs) the the thing that he the thing that he says? And so any cages around? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing the thing that he is getting at with this Dickens is is here this is these are man's responsibility. This is your mm-hmm. thing. Poverty is okay, a problem yeah. of the present. This is couched under the ghost of present. And so this isn't a thing to figure out tomorrow and it's not yeah. over. <laughs> this is now. And that was very apparent to the adults reading this in 1843 that oh I'm oh, oh our kids wow. 
are are and even in the original wood carving and drawing that's in the original book, there are smokestacks and factories in the background of this mm. particular sketch. That would so hit. That would really, really <laughs> hit. That's it. That's so incre. That's incredible. It's incredible that the story has the staying power while the real hit of it and the mission of it has kind of mm-hmm. faded away and become really irrelevant as to why we yeah. keep you know using it. And that's that's fascinating that something can be this this assimilated and 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 well known while mm-hmm. the kernel of it. I mean the the pop you're trying to get to is diminished i mean we've just we've yeah. you know that <laughs> the actual thing that it's written about trying to change we've as a it's been 200 years <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah um you know so that's fascinating well, we've made to me, progress to the point where yeah exactly i mean yeah exactly and that's why the story yeah. works is you can change out what that problem was and put in another one can make it about talking about specific things. You could talk about different parts of greed, different parts of societal, you know, shortcomings, uh, mm-hmm. different parts of uh, shortcomings in our culture, uh, and the story still works. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It is super interesting that it's the kids' but I, angle. I never, that, yeah, I never yeah. knew that that was ex- that was really the part that would, if you were reading it when it came out, that would go, oh my god, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. that would that would be the part you'd walk away going, oh. Oh God! And now you know. I mean, it's a it's a, a story, but we're looking at other little bit. We're we're looking in the peripherals around that idea broader, in it, I guess, sure. to find exactly to find what we're we're really uh, keeping it alive for. That's fascinating. Well, it just goes to show you, you you know, you can you can make your content about something really driving towards a specific thing, and then you know, there's times a lot change. <laughs> the, the times change, and there's a lot more to your content than the mission, than the than the driving thematic of it, than the pop of it. Mm-hmm. So you know, everything's got to be good. <laughs> um, and yeah. look, if, if everything's that good, then that becomes more important than the pop, the reason why, the mission. That's really fascinating. Um, yeah. So, hey, well, I loved finding <laughs> out the, the the pop too, the big emotional, almost melodramatic at this point, Tiny Tim. Dickens loves mm, great yeah. names, you know, and yeah. uh, finding where that is pulled from. He did have a disabled nephew named Henry who was five when this came out. And mm. so people look at that. Uh, hmm. This is the craziest part of the Tiny Tim stuff. Now, 1997, there was a church in London that construction workers were renovating and certain portions of it had been paved over in the 60s. They found a burial site, a graveyard, and within it, they found a gravestone that was named to Timothy Cratchit. Even I think that's even maybe even how it's spelled. Uh, Tim, (laughs) Tim Cratchit. And they had no idea that, you know, he would have known this guy or would have seen this thing. Timothy Cratchit's age was 1839 to 1884. So he would have been five at the time. He would have been a kid at this time, same age as Henry the nephew. And that means he also lived until 40. And when they unearthed all of this, the skeleton of this guy, Timothy Cratchit, had a frame of metal and leather on his legs and lower back. (laughs) And so... This oh is probably a real kid. God. <laughs> oh my God. Are you? <laughs> they unearthed Tiny Tim. Yeah. They who lived to be him. 40. He did not die. Who lived to be <laughs> yeah. 40. Who did not die. Oh my 
God. Yeah. Oh my. Which he God, would not have that's known. A revelation. Oh my God. I mean, More even if even if uh, yeah, even if Dickens <laughs> knew him, he would have known him as a five year old when he wrote it. You know. Right. Right. Crazy. Oh my uh, gosh, that's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> that's so. That's so funny. That's so funny. Um, and they they that's very present in Spirited. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. running joke that uh, Ghost of Christmas Past can't remember his name. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's Clint is because he knows the story is kept keeps trying to remind Ghost of Christmas Past who what the name of of him actually Anyone is. is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's cool God. that it. I cannot that believe it, that I can't came back it, around. 1997. The 90s were yeah. crazy. Uh, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, speaking of speaking of names and and remembering stuff, the last thing is all the the legacy. What it, what words we use, the things that we say, all the stuff that Dickens did with this that now is pat. When like you said, Christmas was was being built from the ground up. Oh in yeah, the, in, in the mid 1800s, Christmas was hot and happening. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So and, and, you know, well, as yeah. I see it, I don't think Christmas really was done until 1983. A Christmas story. I think that comes yeah. out, and then we <laughs> basically have Christmas, and we've got some nice things that have come out since. But like Christmas as we know it was solidified and done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the tropes, all the all the modernized yeah, yeah. version of it. Yeah, I want to so, cram Grinch in yeah. there, but I think I think the Christmas story really was the cap on it. Everything else is just gravy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. the uh, the big the big The big thing is literally the the phrase "Merry Christmas," right? Whoa, uh, no way, really. <laughs> so this this had been around, but it's thrown around by Scrooge, and the Victorian public latched onto it infinitely more after this because Mary meant more pleasant, agreeable, just generally like the merry month of May. It doesn't mean like a jolly, raucous, insane. It's like, no, it's like nice weather as spring yeah, is approaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pleasant, right? But mm-hmm. Dickens solidified the enhancement and leveling up of Mary to be like, no, it's Merry Christmas. It's not just agreeable. <laughs> it's jolly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What happens, though, as the language changes is Mary starts going too far and it comes to mean you're intoxicated, you're overboard, you're hanging your head in the bushes. Oh, gosh. You know. It goes all the way to the other end. That's Yeah, yeah. And so this is – I always was curious about Queen Elizabeth II. She started using Happy Christmas, right? And so – How trendy. That becomes – yeah, that becomes the British way where it's in Harry Potter. Happy Christmas, Ron. Mm. And and I you know, I never realized why that was, but it's cuz Mary lost its I way. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um it's just funny as as things change meaning and the pendulum swings on these definitions. There's an entire uh, I mean, one of the cornerstone jokes of the whole thing is there's an entire number based on good afternoon and how good afternoon meant one thing <laughs> when this was oh, written really? and good afternoon <laughs> means entirely different thing. Yeah, it's very, very much our humor and this your style. I think you would enjoy at yeah, least yeah. just this musical number. They have an entire number just about how good afternoon was like really telling somebody to F off when the <laughs> when <funny>. the Christmas Carol <laughs> was released and now it means something. So, so like Scrooge is walking around or Christmas Christmas past or Christmas present is walking around and somebody says good afternoon and he like runs up to fight him because that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's very much a part of this uh, as this uh, adaptation is talking about how long things have been, how much things have changed. Um, and it's super interesting to 
to draw down on these things that we feel like are solidified and realize that, well, we're yeah. in the middle of things moving and swinging and things are being redefined. Uh, and what meant something, you know, one decade actually means a complete different thing this decade in this context. Um, yeah. I'm realizing that more and more. Uh, as a kid, I guess I thought everything was just, you know, <laughs> look it up and there's the definition. And now I realize that yeah. culture is like fluid. It's very fluid. <laughs> well, and added, like Scrooge means a miserly person. And so you'd be offended if somebody called you that. But it just yeah, like, right, right. pressing or, or <laughs> squeezing <laughs> uh, slightly pronounced wrong. Yeah, so it, it definitely does change. Well, good Sorry, afternoon. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Screw you. Yeah. Um, I guess the the last bit that changes celebratorily, not a word, but uh, is adding what 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 Dickens shows as as Christmas is morphing mm -hmm. into something else that isn't just the church and isn't just uh, you know carols are being popular. He's saying, oh no, it's it can be a bit more secular. It's family gathering and food and drink and dancing and generosity is the big thing too because that was what he wanted yes. that was the whole point of the yes. thing is well what would be the individual impacts and charitable giving did increase straight away wow. in the 1840s big names of the time vowed to give the queen of norway sent gifts to london's children signed with tiny tim's oh love there was a lot oh that, that happened and so it did it did succeed and maybe that's also why it he changed people's hearts yeah and <laughs> they said <laughs> what are we doing Oh my God, yeah. a Christmas carol worked? Yeah, <laughs> so good Taylor, to say. We've, been, we've, yeah. we've, almost, we've been done, this is a crazy amount of episodes. This is the first one where I know for sure that they really did it, for real. Yeah. <laughs> they changed the world. Because oh now gosh. that's the thing. It's, it's like, oh, Christmas Christmas is a time for generosity and looking at your fellow man. And it started with, hey, kids shouldn't be working 14 hours a day. Oh and it ends God. up being like, maybe we should just be grateful and generous and think about people and give gifts and celebrate. And, and you wonder where it shifts from religion and a very insular in the home thing to giving gifts to neighbor generosity. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the religious iconography fades to it goes yeah. to the peripherals. Um, I've, I've wondered about that shift and I didn't know it was kind of this clear cut. <laughs> yeah. in a way which is why it's so um, popular gosh. yeah I, yeah i mean my we people need to be saying this when they teach this to kids i guess i'm just <laughs> like that 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 this story is responsible for the idea of really what we know as christmas in the modern age it truly truly is um and i had no idea that this was that influential i know what i mean my god i'm sad i'm like oh <laughs> it's hitting me, well, that's Taylor. Like, like I said, like did he in, did he invent Christmas as we know it? Yeah. Not not the Christmas tree, yeah. not the stuff, but but the generosity, the, the 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 notion of it. Yeah, what I mean, I'm thinking about what what we want it to be, what it represents, and what you feel, what you what you want to feel, why people like Christmas, why it feels good, especially yeah, that, in a in a modern urbanized yes. society. That's how could you do it otherwise? People didn't know. And he said, here, <laughs> look at Scrooge. He's he a modern Christmas. urban man. It's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. He really did. He saved Christmas. I've been, oh, what a, this is a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I didn't expect to get half as much out of this. I mean, I really just had, um, I've known the Christmas Carol my whole life. Just didn't yeah. know I should be giving it this much credit. 
We truly. Yeah. Well, maybe I we do. Anybody it, is. We uh, do we? Do yeah. we? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, do I want? Do I need to walk around and shake people and target and be like a Christmas Carol? It's the reason for everything. But um, they'd be like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's the reason for the for the capitalist hellscape we're in, where Black Friday is. Yeah, we took October it too far. 5th, yeah. <laughs> we took it too far. We're selling into each other. No. <laughs> Give gifts. <or> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. <laughs> Taylor, incredible. I mean, what more could I ask for? You've made me believe in Christmas. Uh, <laughs> you did no. that yourself. It was in you oh. all the whole time. Oh, guys. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Uh, truly. I hope this was enlightening. I certainly got a ride for this. So think about this. We're watching all this Christmas stuff going forward uh, this month. Uh, look at all the stories and man. I'm definitely looking at the entire the entire season with a little bit of a different light now and understanding way more about where some of this stuff comes from. We didn't this think about it, we didn't even cover the holiday. We covered an actual one-off story and this fits perfectly into our shows. It's not like we bent the rules to do a Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> incredible. I'm just I'm staggered. I hope you guys are. Thank you so much. I love it. Get in touch with us at illiteratepod at gmail.com, uh, at illiteratepod on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Catch us next week. Until then, stay safe. And we will see you then.